This is Horsepower Happenings. Every once in a while, you get to the racetrack, and that pesky little bug crawls up and bites you, and you go, man, I ought to dust off my driver's seat. No, I'll I'll never go back. uh, I'll never go back to full-time racing. I'm too old. I mean, there's there's some guys older than me still doing it. God bless them. Distinguished news, industry insight, and exclusive interviews. We wrapped it up at the end of last year. I will tell you this. We are going to run. You're the first person that's actually been told this officially. With Zach Heiser. Here comes Jared Horseman to the inside. He's got Max Dambaugh picked off. He's around Chase Ryan now. Jared Horseman up to third down the back straightaway. And Rich France. The number 11 Hilliker machine does have a flat right front tire, uh, some body damage. He may be able to come down into the hot pit and uh, replace his tire and get back out. Michigan Short Track Racing Authority. This is Travis Stemler. Showing what's for Trevor, the Hills Racing 47 Knot. This is Barry Marlowe. This is 14-time ARCA champion Ron Allen. This is three-time dirt car UMP national champion Rusty Schlink. And this is Horsepower Happenings. Good evening, race fans, and welcome in to Horsepower Happenings on the first Monday of February and the first Monday of a brand new season of Horsepower Happenings. A lot going on. we got a lot of Speed Weeks coverage. we got two great interviews lined up tonight, but first it's time to see what's happening in a Motor City Minute. The 59th running of the Rolex 24 at Daytona is in the books, and it was completed yesterday. The overall champion was Wayne Taylor Racing with drivers Ricky Taylor, Felipe Albuquerque, Alexander Rossi, and Ilio Castroneves. Era Motorsports grabbed the LMP2 championship, Riley Motorsports LMP3. Corvette Racing took the GTLM, and Windward Racing won the GTD. The Great Lakes Traditional Sprints officially released their 2021 schedule on Sunday, featuring 19 races at seven different tracks. That tour will run April through October. And down in Speed Weeks, Alan Weiser grabbed the Dirt Car UMP Modified win at North Florida Speedway Saturday night. Grabbed the lead from the outside of the front row. Never looked back, leading flag to flag for the $1,200 win. Those things and much more happening tonight on Horsepower Happenings. Good evening and welcome in to the Horsepower Happening Studios. Zach Heiser, Rich France with you on a uh, Monday. Welcome to Season 3, my friend. We've uh, we've uh, managed to put up with each other for two years so far. <laughs> yeah, haven't, haven't killed each other yet. That's oh, pretty amazing. Yeah. Good stuff. No, you know, having, it, it's great. Uh, man, first two seasons have gone by real fast. Um, and obviously Season 3 getting started. Um Boy, got to thank the listeners and the fan, race fans in our region uh, for supporting us for the first two years. And uh, we're going to, you know, hold our feet to the fire. We're going we're gonna to try to give you quality content uh, every single Monday night. Yep, Great Lakes region content specifically. And uh, when the race season gets here, my goodness, you're going to want to stay tuned to HorsepowerHappenings.com and Horsepower Happenings on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. Uh, we'll be your leader in uh, in uh, all-star late model challenge series coverage, also sprint car coverage, pavement mod pavement modifieds, pavement late models, you name it. It's happening in the Michigan region. We're covering it right here on Horsepower Happenings. Yeah, Zach, and, um, you know, Speaking of racing in our region, um, some sad news last week. Uh, it was announced uh, that George Lane, the patriarch behind Lane Automotive and All-Star Performance, passed away. Uh, he had such a footprint in racing um, with thoughts and prayers coming in throughout the country, Zach. Um, anyone who was involved in racing over the past 57 years, you know Lane Automotive, All-Star Performance, Motor State Distributing. You've all purchased their products. Um George was also inducted into the Michigan Motorsports Hall of Fame back in 2001. And obviously, Zach, um, our thoughts and prayers 
from everyone here at Horsepower Happenings. Go out to the Lane family. I actually uh, just met George uh, for the first time in 2020. I met him at Hartford Speedway, and um, I must have looked pretty silly because I didn't recognize him. I didn't know who he was. Uh, Kurt Spaulding was there. He introduced me, and uh, what a nice guy. Just in that short conversation I was able to have with him, so he surely will be missed. And what a legacy that George Lane has left behind in the auto racing industry. Uh, Like you said, Rich, you cannot go to any corner of racing in the United States and not know all-star performance lane automotive and motor state distributing um, three massive companies all that started right here with George Lane and, and in Michigan uh, also we need to pass along our thoughts and prayers to the family of an Oakshade Raceway champion uh, 2004 sportsman champion bomber championships in the early 90s as well um, thinking about Tim Fisher and his family suddenly a heart attack this week something unexpected and the family um, having to make a decision about the ventilator which is never something that's easy to do and so our thoughts and prayers go out to the family of Tim Fisher a regular at Oakshade Raceway uh, thinking of them this week as well as we get started with our new season Rich uh, very busy start to the new season speed weeks in the lucas oil late model dirt series they were in action all week long and a lot of folks were able to keep up with what was going on yeah speed weeks got underway last week zach for the lucas oil dirt late model series uh, at the winter nationals at east bay some great racing was had uh, throughout the six race event if you like a very very slippery racetrack uh you know it threw a lot of the drivers for a loop jonathan davenport who dominated the Wild West shootout out in the desert uh, could never find the speed he needed and went winless uh, in the Sunshine State. But a couple of takeaways I have for the week, Zach, uh, Tyler Erb picked up where he left off in the desert, where he picked up a pair of wins. Erb picked up two victories at East Bay, including the $15,000 50-lap finale uh, on Saturday night. And the only driver to pick up multiple wins in Tampa, that came, um, and that came one night after being parked, Zach, by serious officials, for post-race contact uh, with Mason Ziegler in a heat race. Those two had problems all week long, so we'll have to see if that continues on throughout the rest of the series. Uh, Another memory I had uh, that I thought was pretty cool, uh, Stormy Scott picking up his first ever Lucas Oil Dirt Late Model Series victory. You know, after a couple less than stellar years trying to find his place in the series, uh, he finally picked up that first win. And probably one of the coolest uh, deals I saw this week was Freddie Carpenter, Zach. I'm sure everybody saw the barrel rolling video of his 4C machine uh, multiple times down there in turn three. Well, he didn't want to go home, so they spent 48 hours basically rebuilding that race car and putting it back together, and he got it back out on the track to run the last couple nights. Uh, Never really had speed in the car after that, but uh, it was just cool to see just how bad that car was. Uh, that he was able to get back out and their commitment to getting that thing back out there. And then finally, Zach, uh, Brandon Overton, Josh Richards, and Hudson O'Neill picking up their first wins of 2021 uh, down at the Bay. Uh, so a tough track all week long, um, to put it mildly. But now the series moves on to Bubba Raceway Park for two two shows tonight and tomorrow you know the racing down there at east bay kind of sparked some controversy obviously we saw what happened between mason ziggler and tyler erb but uh dirt on dirt had a nice interview with tim mccready where mccready got a little heated about what was going on down at east bay and and he was kind of fed up with the idea that east bay will be east bay as everybody was saying 
Um, and, and McCready kind of sounds like he wants it to go back to the time where if you wreck somebody's race car, you got poked in the nose for that, Rich France. And I, I look to a guy like Tyler Erb, and everybody says, oh, he's got no he's got no control over his temper and this, that, and the other thing. I'm going to go out and hot-button opinion here. I fully support Tyler Erb's reaction to Mason Ziegler. I think Mason used him up the night before. Mason used him up in the heat race. And add a boy to Tyler Erb for being ticked off. Either retaliate with your race cars or go poke him in the nose back pit side and tell him that you're tired of him racing you that way. And guess what? Those things, you're going to quit tearing up race cars. I agree with I agree with Tim McCready. I'm not 100% with how Tyler Erb handled the situation, but I think he's got reason to be upset, and I think he's got reason to retaliate for what happened. Yeah, um, you know, it doesn't take long to go back to Tyler Erb's last incident um, yeah. with Bobby Pierce. Um, but... You have to be careful, Zach, and and I'm not saying that Tyler Herb didn't have the right. I mean, I mean Mason Ziegler used him up uh, and, and and didn't think twice about it. But you have to be careful about using your race car as a weapon. Yeah, that's okay? a good point. You you can't do that. I I don't have a problem with uh you know have, having a little ring back there, shut the doors, <laughs> leave them in there for ten minutes, and then let them out. I mean, sometimes that that would be you know pretty cool. Or put it on, you know, you've seen a, lo- a lot of... Put them on the big you know, screen. <laughs> put them on the front stretch, you know. that will get you another 500 fans next week. Yeah, well, but, uh, but here's the thing. You just got to be careful with a race car. You know, Tyler didn't hit him where anything was going to happen. He just kind of got up next to him, knocked him in the left front, yeah. let him know he was unhappy with him. It wasn't a terrible stuff him in the wall type thing but here's the um, thing have but we you seen... have to be careful with using your race car as a weapon i think you can get you can really get too far with that have we seen bobby pierce ever make you know a sense that incident have we seen bobby pierce have an issue with tyler herb and do you think we'll see an issue between mason ziggler and tyler herb going out i don't think so because guess what tyler's gonna wreck your crap <laughs> yeah and, he, and he's you know pretty vocal about it i was able to um you know talk to tyler a couple of times you know, out in the desert. Um, he is very passionate about what he does. Um, every minute, you know, his life is about that race car. Um, he is very good at what he does and he does it full throttle. He does not do it halfway. So, um, yeah, those are all great qualities. He's very good at what he does, but, um, yeah, you have to know, I'm sure he's moved people from time to time as well, but, uh, that is the aggressiveness. And, and we're, you know, like the whole, whole deal was, you know, that McCready said, this is not Daytona, you know, this is a dirt track. <clears throat> I understand that, but uh, we do have to have a little bit of structure or, or it can get really out of hand very quickly. Well, let's move on to some other stuff that happened throughout Speed Weeks. Uh, of course, the uh, Ollie's Bargain Outlet All-Star Circuit of Champions. By the way, I'm now an Ollie's Bargain Outlet member. We have a store down here by us. I love that store now. I'm going to go a lot, spend a lot of money there. Cool place. Anyhow... 10-time World of Outlaws Sprint Car Series champion Donnie Schatz kicked things off as the series returned to Screven Motor Speedway for the Sugarlands Shine Southern Tour, a two-race uh, event down at Screven Speedway. And Donnie Schatz got the win on the uh, first uh, night there. Schatz owns 19 career All-Star Circuit of Champions victories, and he came from outside of row two to get the win, working by Tyler Courtney to take control on lap 18. The Fargo, North Dakota, North Dakota native got $8,000 for his effort and a win. 
to go along with it. Then night number two, my goodness, what a race. Aaron Reitzel holds off none other than Sheldon Hodgenshield to get the win, and it was dramatic as well as uh, Sheldon might have had a car good enough to win but made a mistake in turn two, spun with less than 10 laps to go. That set up a restart, and uh, Reitzel was untouchable. He was nearly perfect off the line and drove his way to the win. Now they'll take a break. Uh, actually, tonight they will be back in action at uh, East Bay Raceway Park, the All-Star Circuit of Champions, um, underway right now as we speak. They'll be in action tonight and tomorrow night at East Bay. Then they'll head to Volusia for two, and then they'll take a break before they come up near us in April to Attica Raceway Park. Yeah, it should be fun, um, fun, Zach. But, you know, you know, you talk about sprint cars. Uh, a schedule was released last week. Yes, for the Auto Value Bumper to Bumper Series, and um, for the second year in a row, just uh, just taking it before we get into it, I noticed a track that is not on the schedule for the second year in a row. Hit me, and uh, yeah, and it looks like it's not going to be back for a while, and that would be the Toledo Speedway. What's up with that, man? We got to get the Auto Value Series back to Toledo. Well, Zach, I, I, you know I'm not going to lie to you. The last couple of years um, at the Toledo Speedway, you know they would have the fastest. Uh, Fastest show in the world, King of the Wing, all that kind of stuff. And at the Toledo Speedway, you know how fast that place is. Oh yeah, they were they were getting way too fast. <laughs> and um, and I think you know maybe Toledo Speedway officials said, wait a minute, we need to put the brakes on this wing stuff before um, you know we have a real problem that that nobody ever ever wants to have to deal with. And so yeah, they were getting awful fast. Uh, you know, probably they, they still have the open wheel. They still have the, the champ car, the champ car championship at the end of the year for a USAC. But um, yeah, they were, when you start getting down to 12 second laps, 11 second laps at the Toledo Speedway in a wing sprint car, um, boy, that's getting awful scary. Well, I tell you what, there are going to be plenty of fast racetracks for them to visit that are not Toledo Speedway. The uh, non-wing schedule is uh, comprised of nine races really right here in the Great Lakes region. You'll be able to catch non-wing auto value bumper-to-bumper super sprint action starting June 5th at Winchester Speedway. Then June 19th, they head to Salem. July 10th to Anderson. July 24th, they come up to Berlin Raceway for the first of two shows there. July 31st, back to the bowl, or to the uh, to the dome, if you want to call it that, the Coliseum of Anderson Speedway on July 31st. August 28th, Berlin Raceway, September 4th at Winchester, and they finish off the non-wing portion of the schedule at Anderson on October 2nd. Now, the wings are going to go and put some speed on at uh, a couple of places, including Birch Run Speedway and Event Center, on June 11th, that's a doubleheader weekend because then on June 12th, they're headed over to Berlin. Then July 2nd through the 3rd, the Honor Value Bumper to Bumper Super Sprints are going to team up co-sanctioned event with another series, King of the Wing. Now, this has Tom Hartzell's name on it, Rich, but it also has former IndyCar driver Davey Hamilton on board as well. So King of the Wing going to co-sanction this three races uh, down at Iron Mountain Speedway, Colorado National Speedway for two on the third and fourth. Then they take a break, come back to Kalamazoo on July 16th. Then August 5th, 6th, and 7th, Kentucky Motor Speedway, not to be confused with Kentucky Speedway. Kentucky Motor Speedway, a 3 8 mile down in Kentucky. Highland Rim Speedway in Tennessee, and then, of course, Nashville Fairground Speedway on August 7th. Those three King of the Wing co-sanctioned events as well. Kalamazoo Speedway on August 27th, and then Springport Mid-Michigan Speedway on September 11th for the winged event 
four auto value bumper to bumper super sprints. Um, I don't know about you, Rich, but as far as I'm concerned, I'll be looking forward to making some non-wing shows for the auto value bumper to bumper super sprints. It's my opinion that they put on a better race, but if you want to see pure speed, check out the winged events. Exactly. And that's what I was going to tell you. I'm looking at, I mean, I've been at Bertrand Speedway for a wing show. Um, they get around that four tenths mile pretty quick. And, and also Kalamazoo Speedway and the Springport mid-Michigan Speedway with the wings on Zach. Uh, those are going to be pretty incredible to see if we can find time to get over there to check it out. But, uh, that's what I look for, especially around here. A couple chances at Kalamazoo and at Springport, Michigan. Those are going to be awesome shows. Yeah, it's going to be uh, some good stuff. Uh, if you're a fan of sprint car racing on the pavement, there's a couple of good events, a couple of good dates right here in the state of Michigan for you to check out. Yeah, and and Zach, uh, in other scheduling news, um, the Summer Nationals Hell Tour released its full schedule finally last week, and. Uh, and fans, my partner Zach here is just a little upset to say the least, uh, as you may may be as well. Zach, my friend, take a deep breath <laughs> and, and walk me through your feelings. Well, here's the thing. You know, you talk about the Dirt Car Summer Nationals Hell Tour, and, and these opinions are my own. Um, the Hell Tour, the, the Hell Tour, it's supposed to put drivers and crews through hell as they race some, you know, what is it, 25 times in 31 days or something like that is what it used to be. This is now eight weeks of Hell Tour action starting in June, and it doesn't wrap up until August. Now, that's not the part that I necessarily have a problem with, Rich. What I have a problem with is if you look at these eight weeks worth of scheduling, there are some Michigan racetracks that are getting hung out to dry at the end of this schedule. Week six is a normal hell tour week, if you want to call it that. Week seven right now is scheduled as a rain date makeup week. So anything that got rained out will automatically go to week seven. Week eight is exclusively Michigan racetracks, starting with Butler Motor Speedway on Wednesday, ending with Tri-City Motor Speedway, or excuse me, with Merritt Speedway on Saturday. Rich, there's no connection to the rest of the hell tour for those Michigan racetracks. Uh, right now, it looks like Thunderbird, Hartford, and I know they're not a uh, Michigan track, but but Oakshade, they're right in the middle. They're probably going to do okay with pulling some additional cars for the Hell Tour portion of it. But I'm concerned for our Week 8 racetracks about what sort of car count they're going to be able to pull being the final week and being completely segregated from the rest of the Hell Tour. Yeah, and I, and I guess um, the experience that we had in 2020, you probably – not too far off base. Um, we saw who showed up at uh, at Merritt and Tri-City. It was a thin field from out of state, to be honest. I mean, you had Frank Heckenass Jr., who was leading the championship, I believe. So he, you know, he was following it. Uh, you know, Devin Gilpin came up uh, to run. But you had Brian Shirley. You had Brian Shirley, who Brian did end Shirley. up winning the Hell Tour Championship. Hell Tour Champion. Frankie was still battling him with that championship. Yep. That's right. And... Um, but not a whole lot more. I, th I think a handful of guys from, from out of state where earlier in the Hell Tour, uh, it looked like it was a World of Outlaws Lucas Oil combo event. You know? Yeah, so, well, and here's the thing. It's no secret, and we've talked about this before. Michigan has great racing, but when you're pulling drivers for the Hell Tour from Illinois, which has really great racing on the dirt, um, some of those guys would choose to just stay home rather than come around the lake and go to Michigan. 
but that was always a little bit different when when Michigan had hell tour dates leading up to uh, you know the the conclusion of what was the hell tour. There's so much separation now, Rich, that I'm concerned that a hell tour champion could be crowned by week seven, and then what what need do you have to come all the way to Michigan and I mean, we have great late model races. We have great late model drivers here in the state. But I don't think that uh, that this is what, what racetracks were signing up for is the possibility for our Michigan tracks to maybe get 15 to 20 Michigan guys coming to the racetrack. Because let's be honest, the draw of a Hell Tour event is the big names that we see on a national schedule. Exactly. And, you know, we saw how they split it up. I don't think it's going to have a big uh, a big difference with Hartford, for example. Uh, they should be in fairly good shape when that when theirs goes through, o- along with maybe Butler. That th- they're closer to the Indiana Illinois border, so they may not have problems. But yeah, it um, it concerns me. How do you draw, you know, in week number eight or whatever it is? Uh, how do you draw them up to northern mid Michigan and northern Michigan for Tri City and Merritt Speedway? Uh, do you have to throw some more zeros at the end? I have no idea. Well, if you're Mike Blackmare, you've already thrown $10,000 toward late model racing, and you and we saw what happened last year. I mean, um, th- there are some great talents here in the state of Michigan, but you don't draw a lot of outsiders. And, and here's the thing. AJ commented on our post earlier this week basically saying the same thing. Can't really call it the Hell Tour anymore with all the extra days off. The Tour used to put teams through Hell in order to complete it. Not this year, just another instance, he says, of the wussification of America. I don't know about that. Um, But he says he will still attend the Michigan shows. And uh, Rusty, though, says it's better for the smaller teams that want to run rich. Endless nights at the track puts a lot of wear and tear on every team, even the big budget teams. I'd hate to see what it does to the little guys. Maybe there is a positive here, Rich, but I struggle to see it in terms of a track promoter in August. Yeah, and probably the part that doesn't break my heart, maybe we won't have to wait another 10 years for a Michigan driver to win a Hell Tour event. Uh, <laughs> that's how long we've had to wait until until 2020, uh, you know, when Dono Marcoulier did it. So, And and that was a that, that race at Tri-Cities Act, that was an excellent race. I mean, um, Frankie Heckenass Jr. and Dono Marcoulier and Rusty Schlank put on a show. Uh, so just because some of the big names, quote, unquote, aren't there, uh, do not expect the racing to be any less or, or, or any less spectacular. Again, that's the great thing is that, uh, you know, even even if uh, we get secluded here, which we have been, in my opinion, week 18 or week 8, um, we still have some of the best late model drivers in the region right here in the state of Michigan. They're still going to put on a hell of a show for the Hell Tours. And, uh, okay, fine, let some of that big money from Dirt Car UMP stay here in the state of Michigan. That doesn't break my heart. Um, I guess I would say this. You probably are still going to see, based on what we saw last year, you're probably still going to see Brian Shirley come over unless he's locked in the Lucas Oil Late Model Dirt Series Points Championship. Remember, he's in the top six right now, headed into uh, Bubble Raceway Park tonight. Uh, you'll probably see the high side hustler Jason Fager. He came over and collected 10 big ones from Merritt Speedway to wrap up the Hell Tour last year. Why wouldn't he come back and try and do it again? Frank Heckenash Jr. showed good speed. He was in contention to win at Thunderbird Raceway, in contention to win at Tri-City. Uh, you mentioned Devin Gilpin. He probably comes over as well and, and races uh, because he won the Hell Tour Week point standings that, that was there. But that's five guys that uh, that you might see come over. Again, nothing against our core base of late model drivers. We have some of the best in the region, as we know from our HPH Best Driver Challenge. But um, 
I don't know. I'm a little concerned, so we'll see how it all unfolds. I guess what we can hope for, Zach, uh, if we want to keep an eye on it throughout the summer, is hopefully there is a big-name battle for the championship and it stays tight. Yeah. That would be great for the state of Michigan, where they have to go to Michigan and it's not decided yet. Mm -hmm. That kind of backs them into a corner and they have to go. If that They're ha not going to. It, well, and that's what I was going to say. If that happens, what a great equalizer because a lot of those guys struggle to race here in Michigan on this. Uh, I think for the most part, it's a sandy surface that you see a lot of the places around here. Um, so uh, what a good equalizer for, for the uh, points battle if it does come down to that. So, again, um, Thunderbird and Hartford, they have the July dates in mid-July, also leading up to Oakshade Raceway with their birthday race that Saturday, July 17th, I believe, is the date that you're looking for there. Um, and then uh, the next part there, uh, by the way, yes, July 17th is the Saturday race at Oakshade with the uh, birthday race. Friday, July 16th at Hartford. Thursday, July 15th at Thunderbird. That's the first little Michigan region swing. Then you go to week eight, Butler Motor Speedway on Wednesday, I-96 on Thursday, Tri-City on Friday, Merritt on Saturday. And like you said, if there's still a points battle going on, what a great equalizer that'll be to have to come to the state of Michigan to settle it. So there you go. There's my rant. I'm off my soapbox. I'm wishing good luck and a good points battle when the Hell Tour rolls around for eight long weeks in the summer of 2021 and for the sake of butler i-96 tri-city and merit we hope for a good points battle yeah hopefully we get to check out some of those uh events because i i sure enjoyed uh i sure enjoyed merit and tri-city last year so uh we'll have to wait and see uh let's just pray that uh those guys race their tails off and it just stays tight that's what i'm hoping for all right all right enough enough about the late models for now we're going to revisit it of course we will but rich how about you let us know who we're talking to for our first guest of the evening? Well, Zach, this is a, another gentleman that we haven't had on the show, at least since we've been together. Uh, we finally we got to know him on the American Ethanol Modified Tour, and I was able to see quite a bit of him in 2020. He's getting an early start to 2021. We'll get into all that. He drives a Thoroughby Automotive Diamond Race Cars by CTR number 47 uh, out of Traverse City, Michigan. Colin Thoroughby, welcome to Horsepower Happenings. Hey, thanks for having me, guys. Man, first of all, before we get into the race and stuff, uh, we want to congratulate you and your wife, Ashley, on the birth of your son, Easton. Four weeks old now. Um, I know you're pretty tough and focused around the racetrack, but there's nothing like a child to give us uh, some perspective, is it? Yeah, it's, it's so crazy. It's just awesome. Um, we tried for a while and struggled, and then when we found out, it was just it was just amazing. And uh, everything's been great with both of them. Everything went pretty smooth i mean as smooth as you can ask for so uh pretty blessed now we had a little work a little bit of work to do to to get this interview hooked up because uh you're already down in the sunshine state uh you have a busy week or two coming up uh talk about what you got going on yeah we uh we came down uh we got down here yesterday morning uh we were gonna go to north florida and race but we didn't get into it super early in the morning i just wanted to catch some sleep uh, but we ended up going over to North Florida to help uh, Dave Baker out. Um, he ended up getting to a wreck pretty good, so we've been thrashing on his stuff all last night and pretty much all day today. Um, and we're going to get her all back together and start here, Volusia, uh, Tuesday. Yeah, so I guess I want to stop there and, and you talk about helping Dave out. Um, before we get into Volusia and, and what's going on with you as far as a driver, Diamond race cars, man, talk about how much fun you're having right now as a guy who gets to build, sell, and work on race cars for a living. 
Yeah, it's uh, it's pretty awesome. I mean, it's not really what I do for a living. I still got a regular job, you know, working for my dad at the auto parts store. But uh, it keeps me busy in the winter time, you know, uh, selling some cars. Sold one to a guy in Wisconsin. Uh, I got another one going down south to Arkansas. Um, a couple of Michigan buddies are finally going to get theirs out this summer. Um, but it's just, it's awesome. I mean, working with Ryan Thomas at Diamond Race Cars, you, you can't ask for a better guy to work with. I mean, he's uh, not just my chassis builder, but him and his wife are two of my best friends. I mean, they're just awesome people. They take care of me and take care of all their customers equally. I mean, they're just, they're just great people. So it's, it's a pretty cool deal. Those Diamond Chassis by CTR, you, you are converting some people over to those. Uh, this is the part that I think is cool, Colin, is when your success shows on the racetrack. You're competing, you're uh, converting people over that have been with the same chassis manufacturer for a very long time, and they're saying, you know what? I'm going to switch over to Diamond, and uh, the one guy I'm thinking about, and I'm not going to say the competitor's chassis name, but uh, he picked up a track championship down here by me uh, after switching over to a Diamond. Yeah, uh, it's it's pretty awesome. I mean, you got guys like like Corey down there that, you know, he runs some other stuff for a while, and me and him became buddies. And uh, I think the biggest thing that we have going for us is, I mean, what I've learned from Ryan since I've started working with him is, I mean, you just got to take care of your guys. You got to be straightforward with them. You can't hide nothing from them. Um, you give them the same stuff you're running, you know. And uh, if they if they ever need help, you answer the call or get them, you know, call them right back. And um, you just get mixed in with a good group of guys. You know, that's what I'm pretty fortunate. Everybody that has dealt with me has been pretty good buddies of mine, you know. And it's it's just really cool to work with them and. They teach you stuff, you teach them stuff, and you, you just try and go faster every time you get out on the track. Now, Colin, I saw you released uh, the picture of that car, that 2021 car, the other day. And I got to say, that's a bit different for you. Um, I love I love the wrap on that thing. Uh, I think the white just looks sharp. What the, what made you make the change for 2021 with that look? Uh, just Just something different. We've always had pretty much always all black cars, you know. Um, and we just thought, hell, let's try something new. Let's put some white on it. And the guys at, uh, Aftershock down in, um, Fairbury, Illinois, they do an awesome job and it turned out, it turned out pretty badass. Now you went on a mission, um, as a driver, as a chassis builder, and as a, I'm going to say even as a race fan, you went on a mission to prove something here a couple of years ago. Uh, Colin Thurlby's always been known as a dirt car UMP modified driver. And then all of a sudden, this this straight black, as you said, diamond race car shows up at I-96 Speedway with an X on the door. And it's Colin Thurlby busting out the B-Mod or the IMCA modified. What was the what was the reason behind building yourself an IMCA slash B-Mod car um, and, and going out there and racing against those guys? Uh, basically the big deal was, is when I first started running, most of the tracks in Michigan were all UMP. I mean, that's pretty much all there was, you know, Crystal and, uh, maybe one other track was IMCA at the time. So we just all always ran the UMP stuff, but over the last few years, it's kind of going the other way. And most of the tracks are either going with the B mod stuff or IMCA. And we just, we want to be able to run at more tracks. And, uh, and then also, I mean, get down to like, we went to Batesville this last year for their big race and we went out to Boone, Iowa a couple of years ago and we just we want to get in the IMCA thing. It's a huge huge market. I mean it's it's unreal how many IMCA cars there are out there and we me and Ryan talked for a while and we said let's let's try and get into that deal and see if we can steal some of that market and it's been pretty good right out of the box. We've been really good and uh 
we, we went to Batesville this last year and Ryan drove the other car for me and we learned a ton. We changed some stuff and I mean, we got a lot faster by the end of the week. So I think coming into this year with a couple more guys in our stuff, I think it's going to be real, I mean, really good. So we'll see, I guess. Was there not also a part of a discussion kind of, and maybe it was more within the state of Michigan about how IMCA and BMOD cars are supposed to be so much cheaper and that's why guys are going there. Um, I mean, you can spend as much money as you want in racing, right? I mean, you could spend as much as you wanted on a street stock or a front wheel drive. Yeah, it's kind of a weird deal. A lot of guys think that, you know, the IMCA stuff is so much cheaper and I mean, the, the tires are a lot harder. I mean, they'll last you a little bit longer, but I mean, you go to the bigger shows and stuff, guys are bolting brand new tires on every time they get on the track. Um, locally, you don't really have to do that as much, um, but the cars are exact same price. I mean, UMP to IMCA, it's the exact same price. The only difference is the engine. Um, you can go get a crate engine with all the bells and whistles, you know, carb to pan, and it's, I think, right around twelve, thirteen thousand. 13,000. Well, really, you could get a good UMP motor for the same amount, but guys think you got to spend twenty, thirty thousand 30,000 on a UMP engine, and you, you really don't have to. So I think it's one of them deals guys don't quite understand. It's really not that much cheaper to run an IMCA car than it is a UMP, but I don't know. So you head down to Speed Weeks uh, for Volusia, and boy, if you want to start your – what a way to start your 2021 out. Um, no lack of talent that you're going to be facing over the next week or so. Yeah, it's, it's unreal. We're actually outside the pits right now, all the haulers lined up, and I mean, it looks like you're at a World of Outlaws show, all the big stackers and everything lined up. And uh, we came down here, I think, 12, 13, and 14 to run against these guys. And, I mean, it's it's unreal, the the, the amount of talent that shows up to this place. It's, it's crazy. Um, I think when I first came down, it was, I mean, there's 10, 12 NASCAR guys racing. Now you got four or five of the guys still doing it. But, I mean, it's you're racing against Hoffman and Nicely, McKinney. I mean, all those big-name guys that, travel all over the united states and they're they're fast so it's it's gonna be a fun time learn a lot and uh see what we can do take us inside the operation for what we'll call it as a week straight of racing uh at volusia what, what do you have to do to not only be competitive all week but i mean the biggest part of this right colin is probably going to be to keep the make sure that your car mechanically is ready to be on the track every single night you don't have a shop to go back to and do the nut and bolt stuff so you got to be ready every time you hit the track yeah, definitely. And I'm, I'm pretty fortunate. Uh, Todd that's helping me, he's, I mean, he's probably the best help I've ever had. I mean, he gets after, as soon as I come in the pits, he's, he's going to, going to work on our, and he's just, he's been a huge help since he started helping me last year. And the biggest thing, like he says, just, just make sure your nuts and bolts are tight and make sure the car is right. Nothing's bound up or bent or whatever. And also Ryan Thomas from diamond, he's down here. So that's going to help a ton with, uh, help from him. And, uh, and of course, Dave's down here, and Brian Brindley's actually helping him, and so we got a good bunch of us down here. That it's it's going to be a good time for sure. How do you how do you set the bar for something like that? I mean, we we've, we've been watching over over at East Bay, and some you know a lot of talent over there, and some very 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 talented drivers uh, didn't make the show every night. Um, what's a successful trip down to Speed Weeks for you? Uh, uh, pick up a win, make most of the shows. Uh, where where are your standards at? I mean, obviously, every time we hit the track, we want to win. I mean, that's that's obviously the goal. That we don't come out here just to play around. We want we want to go out and win. But uh, with this man, I mean, there's going to be a, probably close to 100 modifieds here, and I'd say 20 of them could win the race. You know what I'm saying? So, I mean, our a good week would be, you know, don't tear nothing up, run some top tens, maybe some top fives. If we could pull one off, that'd be 
I mean, that'd be, that'd be awesome. But if, if we could just make the shows run top five, top tens, that, that'd be a win in my book. And I think our team would be really happy with that. Tell, talk to me about what's next now. Uh, you got to get through Volusia. And again, we're talking with Colin Thurlby. Um, and, and obviously you're down there getting ready, talking to you on Sunday because you'll be busy 24 hours from now. Um, what is, what is following Volusia? What are you looking at for the 2021 season? Um, I think the big stuff we're looking forward to when we get back, um, we're going to get the IMCA stuff out hopefully early on in March. Uh, they got a four race deal out in Nebraska. We're thinking about hitting. Um, then after that, Merritt and Tri-City, they came out with their schedule and Mike over there is paying awesome for both IMCA and UMP. So we're going to hit a lot of their big shows. Um, in June, we're going to head out to Minnesota. They got four huge IMCA shows out there. And then uh, I think we're going to go back to Batesville again this year. I, I think they're putting up fifty grand for modified, so we're going to we're going to go down and try that for sure. Now I'm looking here at your Colin Thurlby Racing page on Facebook, and I don't see the uh, obligatory screenshot of your entry to Bristol. So are you going to leave? Uh, you're going to leave the Dirt Nationals down there off the schedule for now? Yeah, I think we're going to stay home for that one. Sit on the couch, drink some beer, and watch them guys. Uh, <laughs> I don't know what's going to happen down there, but it should be interesting. Yeah, I was I was kind of wondering if uh, if that one was off the schedule because you, you mentioned that uh, not knowing what's going to happen. Do you have a prediction as a driver and a chassis builder? I mean, that place we've already seen it from from uh, from a lot of other guys like uh, the Rudiments and uh, the other chassis builders and, and really smart race car drivers say this is not going to be an easy event down there in Tennessee. Yeah, I mean, obviously those guys are a lot smarter when it comes to that kind of stuff than I am. Um, obviously, like Rudiman, he's he's raced on it when it, you know on asphalt, so he kind of understands how everything works down there. But um, I think I don't know the way technology is is advanced. You know, since the last time they run on dirt there, I think it'll be a little bit safer. Um, the speeds—that's kind of what I'm worried about. Speeds and you know the amount of banking. They I seen a picture the other day they put on you know with the dirt on it and. It's a ton of banking. I've never raced on a track with that much banking, and especially that big of a track. Um, I, it, I don't know. I really don't know what's going to happen, but I'm definitely going to sit this one out, see what happens, and if maybe if they do it in the future, maybe shoot down there. But as of right now, I, I think we're going to let them guys do the guinea pigs. Now, Colin, you, you touched on this, and I, I just want to go back to it. You more than anybody else would know about this with the, you know, the – more IMCA modifieds and, and, and less and less tracks running UMP. Um, does UMP have a future in Michigan or is it going away? Um, what do you think is, is the future for that? I, you know, I don't know. I mean, I've been talking to some guys that have been doing this for a long time and, you know, everybody seems to think, you know, it, it did this years ago, you know, it, it went, everybody was, going IMCA well then everybody wanted to go to the UMP stuff and now we're kind of on the transition back to the IMCA so a lot of people think UMP is dying but you get down to Illinois and stuff and it's thriving that's all that's all they race down there you know so Michigan's just kind of a it's a weird state I just actually talked to one of the head UMP guys yesterday at North Florida and we're, we're just talking about Michigan and how, how it's just different you know it's kind of on its own little island you know and uh I don't know. It's just Michigan's weird when it comes to the modified stuff and late models too. You know, a lot of guys just aren't big fans of the UMP stuff, but I, I like it. I mean, it's, it's fun. I, I have a blast driving those cars, you know, with the big horsepower and stuff. So 
I I don't know. It's it's one of them deals. Maybe in the next couple of years we'll see, but I I just I don't know what's going to happen. Obviously, uh, your brother Brandon is a friend of the program, and and when we talk about IMCA UMP, the thing that comes to my mind as a former driver and Rich, I'm sure you have too, is the cost that it takes to run these operations. They can't be far off uh, what you're what you're spending for that uh, number forty seven machine versus what your brother's spending for that number M fourteen late model. They can't be that far off. What is keeping you from uh, jumping up there and seeing what's going on in the late model world? Uh, the biggest thing is the boss. Uh, my dad, he's had a rule since we started. Um, it, Brandon runs the late model. I run the modified. But he always <laughs> told me, you know, if, if you ever get the chance, don't ever turn a ride down. You know, if somebody offers you to drive a late model, go, go drive it. You know, it's just one of them deals he wants. I don't know if. He's scared maybe me and Brandon get on the track. We get pissed off at each other or something and wreck our, <laughs> both his cars or something, you know. But we, we would never do that. Me and my brother Brandon, I mean, we're, we're best friends, have always been. And, um, but it just, it's the boss's rules. We, he tells us what to do, and that's it's fine with me. I, we have a blast doing this modified stuff have a great group of guys that race against every week and i mean we, we have we have fun doing it so yeah i remember uh we uh had brandon we had a interview with him at the 2019 wood tick and he said yeah that's the deal we are not allowed to race against each other <laughs> yeah yeah as long as my dad's paying the bill yeah we uh we run our own cars but like he told brandon the same thing i mean if somebody gives you a modified drive get in and go you know it's don't ever turn down a don't ever turn down a ride so well, and here's my other question, too, is uh, do you have a uh, yearning to get behind the wheel of a late model? I don't know that I've ever seen you wheel one before. I drove Brandon's one time. It was kind of a weird deal. Uh, he was leading ALMS points uh, one year in the final races at Eldora, and they, they had a rule at ALMS was you can't unload a backup car, but you can get into a car that's already registered and raced. So if something were to happen to Brandon's primary, he could get in the other car. So I got in his backup car and burned some laps at Eldora, which it was a blast. It probably shouldn't have been my first track to get in in a late model. <laughs> yeah, but what a track it, to it do that. Fun. What a track to do that for the first time, man. Yeah, it was it was pretty wild. It, it, was, uh, it was different. I mean, the horsepower compared to my UMP stuff, it felt pretty similar. But just the mile per hour speed you're going and the air you can feel in one of those compared to a modified is just... It's crazy, but it, it was a good time. Now, I did hear this may be an opportunity for you. I did hear, uh, and you've probably heard already, a uh, couple tracks just south of you on your side of the state going to Crate Late Models. Maybe there's something for you. Yeah, I, I've seen that. Um, that Crate stuff, uh, I've seen it a lot down south. Uh, Indiana runs a lot of Crate stuff. It's, it'd be a pretty cool deal. Um, I don't know. It, it'd be interesting to see how the first couple of years go of it, um, kind of see what all happens, what they're going to pay the guys, how the rules all work out, um, what kind of guys are driving them type deal. You know, you don't want to get into something where it's just kind of a smash them up derby, but maybe uh, give it a year or two, kind of see how it goes. Maybe Brian has an old late model laying around and we could put something together. Who knows? Colin, talk to me. We You, you talked about what you've got on your schedule for this year, but what are the goals? I mean, when we talk about Colin Thurlby, obviously the wind column is not something that is uh, is lacking. But what's going on? You any championships you want to track down, track champions or otherwise, or are you just one of those guys that likes to go out there and rack up the W's? Yeah, our our big thing is we run for uh, like state and national points two years ago. 
uh, run obviously with the dirt cup stuff and then the ethanol stuff for points. And I, I just really don't get into the point stuff anymore. It just, it's too hard. You have a bad night and then it just kind of ruins your whole week. And then you got to get it back together because you have to go here and you have to go there. And it's since then the last couple of years, we've just been kind of, let's, let's go race different places. Just to go out and have fun is our biggest thing. You know, that points racing takes a lot of fun out of it. And I mean, like my dad always said, if you're not having fun racing, just leave it in the shop. I mean, there's no point in doing it if you're not, if you're not having fun. So, I mean, we just, we're going to go where we want, when we want, if we want to take a couple weeks off, we'll take a couple weeks off and, uh, you know, just kind of go to the places we want to go to. And just, and just to follow up on that, I mean, obviously you started, uh, 2021 heading down to speed weeks. Um, and you're, you're not afraid to go anywhere. What other big shows do you have on your radar? Um, if everything goes okay here in 2021. Yeah, I mean, like I said, uh, we're gonna we want to go out to Nebraska in March. Uh, we want to hit some summer national stuff. Uh, probably go down to Fairbury. That place is crazy awesome. Um, we have a blast every time we go down there. Um, then Batesville, and I think October, uh, Minnesota. They got some big IMCA stuff in June, um, and then you know just kind of hit and miss other specials across the state and both IMCA and UMP. Well, Colin, good luck uh, down there in Volusia this weekend. I know you are, uh, like you said, you're in line getting ready to check in. Um, and uh, by the time this airs, you'll be on track racing uh, for the uh, Monday night portion. So good luck this week. I hope things go well for you. And maybe we'll have to come uh, bring you on again after you win a whole bunch of races down there. That sounds awesome. <laughs> I hope I hope we uh, run good down here and we get to talk to you again here soon. All right, Colin, good luck. And uh, we'll look forward to seeing you at a racetrack back up here soon. All right, thanks, guys. I appreciate it. Okay, let's go back to late model discussion, as if we didn't do enough of that right before we talked to Colin. (laughs) (laughs) The HPH Best Driver Challenge is ramped up, and uh, tonight the final is underway. Rich France, and uh, man, what a good final it is as well. Chad Finley has been on fire this week. He's rallied the troops to make it to the finals. Yeah, it's kind of funny. You know, he... We've been kind of texting each other back and forth, uh, you know, since this started. We started when I went out to the desert and he was out there and uh, we're just he's having fun with it. You know, he he really is. You know, he says, you got I've got more votes here than people that actually like me, you know, so (laughs) so he's trying to figure it out. But, you know, we're he's having such a good time with it. uh, And everybody is. I believe we're getting so much support. Thank everybody for casting votes uh, throughout the late model challenge. Uh, it's, It's just been so fun. We We've been having a lot of fun through all these challenges, and we're not done yet. No, we're not done yet. Uh, we're going to do a sprint car challenge after the late models are over, so watch for that. Also, our thanks to Rusty Schlank and Domination Race Cars for supporting our challenge this time around for the uh, Dirt Car UMP late models. And, uh, again, what an awesome battle it's going to be. Vote on that tonight. It just went up the final round. You have until 8 o'clock Tuesday night to cast your vote for who your favorite is, so get that done only on the Horsepower Happenings Facebook page. Okay, Rich, what do you think? Probably time to move on from that late model discussion and get back to something else. Yeah, Zach, uh, might as well get back and continue with our modified theme for this evening. Uh, This next gentleman, no stranger to mod racing in our region. Most recently, he picked up the 2020 IMCA Modified Championship at Tri-City. Makes his home in Elwell, Michigan. Nate Jones, welcome to Horsepower Happenings. Hey, thanks for having me. Man, uh, congratulations, first of all, in a year where really nobody knew what the heck was going on week to week. Uh, it had to feel good to get in all the racing you were able to 
and then close it out with a championship. Yeah, we were we really didn't know what was going to happen there early, and then kind of once things got rolling, I think we raced more this year than we have in quite a few years. Now, most if not all of our listeners who have followed modified racing in our region, uh, they know who Nate Jones is, but unless you live under a rock, but give us a little background on how you got started. No, oh, my family's been in racing since the late 60s. Um, I can remember going to the racetrack at three, four years old. My uncles raced, my stepdad races. I've got cousins that race. We've just, that's basically all we've ever done. So now over the years, you have spent some time behind the wheel of a lot of things, Nate. Uh, most recently, like Rich said, the IMCA modified, but you've been behind the wheel of street stocks and pro stocks and pro trucks and everything like that, right? Yeah, pro pro, pro stock, I probably spent the most time in um, trucks. As a matter of fact, I ran 15 or so pro stock races this year for a guy down to Crystal. Um, I've run Mora cars, I've run go-karts, uh, dabbled a little bit on the ice with snowmobiles, I mean... Pretty much if it's got a motor in it, I'm on game. <laughs> the racer's racer, right? Yeah, you'll, you'll run anything. Yeah, yeah I, though the older I get, I get a little bit more particular about what I'll run, but there was a day where it, it didn't matter. Well, Nate, you did what it took to win the Tri-City Championship this year, as Rich said. Talk to me a little bit about your 2020 season, uh, because that championship was not easy, man. I was there for one of those closing races, and it was a tight battle. Yeah, we... We started off the year in a different car. We tried a different manufacturer, and I run about four races with it, and it just it wasn't working for me. So we dug our old car out and then played catch-up basically the rest of the summer. I mean, we had top two or three finishes after we got the, the old car back out, but it, it, was, it was tough. We didn't know what was going to happen. We were chipping away a, a point or two here or there, but it seemed like if I'd win, Matt would finish second, or if I was second, he, he'd win. You know, it was it just week to week, you didn't know you didn't know how it was going to play out. Well, and of course, we didn't know week to week if we were going to be able to be at the racetrack as well. Did did that change? I guess the first question is: Did you set out this year looking for a track championship? Are you the type of person that races to win a championship? You know, every year we say we're not going to race for points. We're not going to race for points because it just makes it tough. You know, you 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 get committed and then you're fighting your nails and worrying about it. So, so we always start off not going to race for points, but then about three nights in we're running good and we end up racing for points. It's just, just how it's played out. Now, Matt, uh, or Nate, uh, it took me a while to figure this out because I've only been around dirt racing for probably four years now. Um, for anybody that doesn't know, what are the major differences between a UMP modified and an IMCA modified? Because if you just glance at them, they look a whole awful lot alike. The biggest thing is horsepower. I mean, your UMP mod guys are on a little better tire, and they're running six, 700 force motors, maybe more. I don't know. Um, there's a couple suspension difference differences, but, you know, the, the big thing is horsepower. Is there any reason uh, – do you – have you, have you ever driven on the, the a UMP mod, and do you have any interest in doing that? Yeah, I've run a couple of races in a UMP mod. I mean, it's fun. It seems like it's kind of died off in Michigan, but it's just, you know, mods cost the same amount of money, whether you're buying a UMP car or an IMCA car. But, you know, we can spend $7,000 on an engine versus fifteen twenty thousand. 20000 Well, and, and Rich kind of led me into what I was going to ask you is, how long do you foresee your tenure being in IMCA Modifieds? Do you have any goals uh, to move forward out of the division, or, or what are you looking to do in your career? 
Well, I've had a pretty good career. This this will be my 20th year, and you know I've I've been blessed to get hooked up with the right people over the years. And you know I started out at the bottom. We drove old homemade cars and made them work, and I just plugged away at it and got hooked up with the right people and driving some better equipment. And you know I just like anybody, I'd like to set down in a late model, but it'd have to be the right opportunity. I'm competitive. I'm I'm I don't go there to. You know, we we finished much worse than third, and it's a bad night. So, so you're not you know, willing the right to, opportunity. Pers- you're, what's that? You're not willing to jump in a late model if you don't think you can go out and win. Well, I mean, it I it has to be a quality car, is what I'm saying. Okay. I I think we have a capable team, you know, a, a capable group, but you know, anymore if if you don't have a fairly, I mean, there's a few people that run good in older equipment, you know, but it just if you don't have what it takes, you know, I'd rather have a good modified than a mediocre late model, I guess is the way I'm putting it. And Nate, uh, you know, there, there's been some news this winter coming out of the west side of the state. And, you know, we usually try to ask people their opinions that have quite a bit of experience. Um, create late models um, in the state of Michigan. Um, they're going to give it a shot, I believe, out at, uh, at Winston and Thunderbird. Um, what are your thoughts on that? And is that, does that intrigue you? You know, if they can keep, if they can keep on top of it and keep the motors sealed and what they're supposed to be, I think it'll be a good deal. I mean, there's, there's so many ways to play out of the rules, you know, and as long as they can keep on top of it and keep it, you know, keep it tight, it'll be good. But, you know, some people start, you know, spending $20,000 on a great engine and, you know, it's, it's easy to do. I could make two phone calls and, you know, make it happen, but it's just a matter of, you know, how people want to play. If they play the game right, it'll be good. Well, and it's interesting that you say that because the IMCA modifieds, you know, that, that rule book, uh, I think that one of the, the major things that people will know about that rule book is the claim rule that is in effect. And, you know, usually the top five will stop after uh, a feature. And, and, and if the case is somebody will whip out some money out of their driver's suit, I personally have never seen that happen while following IMCA modified racing. How how often or, or what kind of standard is the IMCA modified held to? Is there a gentleman's agreement there that no one's claiming anybody or, or are people watching it pretty close? Well, you get outside of Michigan, it's been years and years and years since there's been a claim. Um, you get Crystal and, you know, Tri-City and stuff. I guess I don't know when the last one was at either place, but it's definitely a lot more recent than it was out of state. But it's getting to the point now where ninety percent of people have a crate, so you don't have to worry about it. And to to that note, I guess I should say that I do believe there is technically a claim rule in the UMP rule book as well, Nate. I believe, um, but geez, we've never seen that happen. <laughs> yeah, you you wouldn't make it out of there if you tried to claim. I think in that game. <laughs> what do you think about that claim rule to to try to keep people in line? Is it necessary or? Does it fall on the tracks in the series to just uh, be a little more thorough with their tech inspection? I think 20 years ago, it was great. You know, motors were readily available. It didn't cost you a pile of money to put a claimer motor together and, you know, it worked, but you know, as time goes on, all this stuff's getting hard to find and you just, you don't go to the junkyard and buy a motor anymore. Now, you know, you can't touch building anything for less than a couple grand. Now, Nate, you know, we, we kind of touched on last year where we didn't know what was going to happen week to week. Um, I mean, we're coming into February and um, things are a little better, but not a whole lot different than, um, than last year, you know, about March. Um, How are you guys going into 2021? 
Um, we're just going to get our things around. Um, cars are getting close. I believe that things will probably go on as scheduled just mainly because, you know, people know more about the virus now. A year ago, nobody had a clue, you know, and we all survived 2020 in the racing world without a lot of problems, you know, as far as people getting sick. So we're just hopeful that things kick off when they're supposed to. Um, you guys had oh, up there, tri city, um, you had a new owner promoter for 2020. Um, and you were fortunate enough to have a gentleman purchase the racetrack that is not afraid to throw money around, uh, to put people in the seats. Um, on your side of things, how did you think 2020 went? You know, I was skeptical like anybody. Um, nobody likes change. You know, I, I will give them credit. They, they did a decent job. Um, I mean, of course you can go to a racetrack anywhere and find something you don't like. It's just how it works. <laughs> yeah. But Mike and his crew did a good job. I mean, I guess the biggest thing I can give him credit for is I live an hour and a half away from tri city and I was never home later than 1230 all summer. How about that? That's nice. Yeah. Well, Nate, you know, this is 2021 coming up. You said you're in your 20th season. I'm kind of getting the hint that maybe you're looking to slow down a little bit. Nate, what do you, what are you looking to do coming up here? Well, I, I don't know about slowing down. I mean, I'm going to do this as long as I can get away with it. Uh, I've got a five-year-old that we just ordered a mini wedge for, so I'm <laughs> hey, hey, assuming that's going to take up a little time. But, uh, no, as long as I'm able and, you know, I'm in the right spot to do the, you know, to drive, I'm, I'm going to go as long as I can. Gonna he's not, he's I, not slowing down. He's getting ready to start his second 20 years. Is yeah, what there you go. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's, uh, it's not going to end anytime soon. I mean, she's been hardcore wanting to do it since she, before she could walk, you know, I mean. She does, she loves to go to the races, and I guess you can't ask for anything more. I love how he says she. Yes, talking with Nate yeah. Jones, the uh, 2020 Tri-City Motor Speedway champion for the IMCA Modifieds. Uh, dive into that a little bit further, Nate. How excited are you to have that next generation getting set to uh, strap behind the wheel? No, oh, I'm pretty excited. It'll, it'll be, uh, I think it'll be our fourth generation in our family, you know. Um, it's going to be interesting, I you know, it's just going to be interesting. We're probably going to spend most of this year just practicing with her. And, you know, I don't want to stick her out there before she's ready because I'm a firm believer that if you, you push them too hard, you know, you're, you're just going to hurt. You're going to hurt it rather than help it. Mm -hmm. No, what a great division that mini wedge is from the outside looking in. Um, do you think this is what our sport needs to kind of get that youth injection back going? Yeah, for sure. I mean, it's, it's just a tough world anymore because the next generation coming up, you know, they're not learning from their grandpas and you know, the, the mechanics are just different these days than what they were 20, 30 years ago. So yeah, if you can get the, you can get the kids involved and get them working on stuff and get them, get them off the computer and off the video games and out in the shop, you know, Nate, I know it takes a lot of people to put this deal together to keep a race car on the track, um, you know, for a whole season. Um, here's your chance to give a shout out to all the people that help you out. No, the first and foremost, I got to thank Paul Ostrom and Paula Ostrom and the whole Ostrom crew. I mean, they, I, I didn't have anything going for 2018 and we got talking and decided to put this mod deal together and you know, we've, we've just, we've had fun with it. That's what our goal was, was to have fun with it. So, um, I really got to thank them. I've got a lot of sponsors, um, JM builders, razor chassis, um, Tom Benson. He's been great to us. Um, full throttle graphics. Uh, Elmer Barber Shop, um, Warren Bovee, 
my wife Meredith and my daughter Lainey for you know for just being there every week. Um, all our crew, Jesse, Warren, um, just just everybody who uh, comes and helps us out. Nate Jones, the 2020 Tri-City Motor Speedway track champion uh, in the IMCA Modified Divisions. Congratulations on the championship. Good luck in 2021, and we hope to see you at a racetrack soon. All right. Thank you, sir. You guys have a good day. Okay. Well, our thanks to Nate Jones. What a great conversation. Uh, nice to learn about Nate and uh, the Tri-City Motor Speedway track champion for IMCA Modifieds. Colin Thurlby, our appreciation to him for making some time on uh, Sunday to chat with us. Obviously, he's busy tonight uh, at Volusia, so we pre-recorded that on Sunday. Nice to uh, have him take some time out of sunshiny uh, Florida to chat with us. But, Rich, we mentioned it. Speed Weeks, round two, uh, well underway here as now we get into February. Yeah, we're shifting over shifting over to uh, to Bubba Raceway Park and Volusia for the next uh, next couple of weeks. So, it should be fun. I'm going to try to catch as much of it as I can. Um, I don't. It's going to be hard if I have to pick and choose. <laughs> but uh, I'm, I'm going to pick up as much of it as I can and, and try to get uh, my racing fix here the first part of February. Yeah, if you're listening to us, you probably already know that you're missing racing at East Bay tonight, Volusia tonight. Um, and so here's the thing. Uh, this is just going to ramp up as the week goes on because toward the end of the week, Rich, we're going to throw New Smyrna in on top of that with the World Series. Yep, you get New Smyrna going, and then you get everything rolling at Daytona, and then, boy, we're rolling, aren't we? Um, so it it always seems like once you get to Daytona, you know, racing season is right around the corner. That's that's kind of the startup of everything. And it kind of, kind of scoops up on you quicker than you think. So, yeah. We're sure having some fun watching a lot of this, a uh, lot of this dirt racing down south. Uh, you know, I, I got to watch quite a bit uh, from down there at East Bay. Had some fun doing that. So looks like I'll be busy again this week. By the <laughs> way, if you ever miss anything that happens during speed weeks, check out horsepowerhappenings.com. Uh, we have your comprehensive one-stop shop for all things speed weeks. We work with the uh, area. When I say area, the Florida area folks that are down there covering things, we've got Jim Denhammer providing the uh, the photography for us from wherever he's at. He'll have the Volusia coverage for us this week. Uh, also, your race recaps, those highlight videos are all right there. Some stories. If there's local drivers down there, which there are going to be a few that you're going to want to keep tabs on, we'll have how they did during that as well. And we'll have the next event info section, which will tell you what's coming up for that night prior all of that compiled in one spot for you at horsepowerhappenings.com. New posts every morning before we try to get that out by before noon the next day, but that's a lot of information to go through. So sometimes it takes a little while. So horsepowerhappenings.com, favorite that on your browser, and then you'll never miss what's going on during speed weeks. And Rich, next year, I've already declared I'm going to the clay by the bay next year. I'm going to East Bay. And while I'm down there, I might as well stay for Volusia as well. So <laughs> I'm going to check it out in person next year. You know, I was going to say, Zach, uh, the only way that we can provide any better coverage on Horsepower Happenings is to both of us tell our real employers uh, <laughs> that we will that we will not be at work in February. <laughs> I'm okay with that. If you're willing to roll roll those dice, I am too. <laughs> uh, I don't think that'll go very far. Well, but, uh, hey. yeah. <laughs> well, it's been a pleasure to again chat with Colin and Nate on our modified uh, modified madness show tonight, if you want to call it that. Uh, check out the HPH Best Driver Challenge. The uh, Domination Race Cars Late Model Challenge wraps up to uh, tomorrow night. Eight o'clock is when the uh, winner will be decided, and then we'll move into dirt sprint cars. And Rich, that should take us right up to race season being in our region again. And we are excited. We're praying that COVID minds its p's and q's, and we can get back to the racetrack in March. 
yeah, we had to get through the Christmas holidays and then January, but I think we're right there, Zach. Uh, a lot of news coming up, a lot of racing going on. Um, now's the time to get everybody wound up for 2021. On behalf of Scott Medlin, who owns and pays the bills for Horsepower Happenings, on behalf of Rich France, my co-host, I'm Zach Heiser, thanking you for tuning in tonight. Be sure to check in next Monday night, same time, same place, horsepowerhappenings.com. Have a great week. We'll talk next time. You've been listening to Horsepower Happenings. Catch up on past episodes by logging on to horsepowerhappenings.com. And be sure to tune in next week to keep up on what's happening.